Hi, Greta. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. What have you been up to? I was just watching the greatest of all time, Serena Williams, <gasps> play in the U.S. Open. I don't know how much you know. I don't know how much of a wave um, is created outside of like the tennis community, but there was like a Vogue article that recently came out uh, where Serena basically announced her retirement after the U.S. Open. Oh my gosh! And she just played her first round match. Oh my gosh! Okay, so this is like a good time to get into this like tournament oh yeah a hundred percent um good thing like she won the first round and then next she's playing the number two seed uh annette contavite i think that's going to be a really exciting match um but yeah it was just great seeing her play again um she's played a couple tournaments but i feel like she hasn't really had like that form that like we've seen over like the last 20 years Mm -hmm. um but like we started to like see her get it get it back tonight and that was just like magical to be honest that's so awesome okay thank you for telling me i don't keep up with tennis much i did see that article lewis um put it on his instagram story yes lewis does everything on his instagram he's like he follows serena which is like really 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 cool um actually like i think it was last week or a week ago um i was like bored and had nothing to do so i was watching i believe it was serena williams vogue it's that um like that those youtube the youtube series they have where they just like flip through um different like fashion moments in like that giant vogue book yeah yeah, and she was just talking about, like, when she was, like, her designer, when she was leaving, um, I believe it was Puma, and was switching to Nike, and, like, the whole cat suit moment, and it was super, 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 super cool. Mm, yes, the black cat suit was just so iconic. I have to watch that video. It was, it's a really cool video. She talks about, like, when she was leaving behind, like, wearing um, the beads on her braids and, like, switching to different hairstyles. It's really, really interesting. I mean, besides for being an absolute fashion icon in her own right, when she pulled up to the Met Gala in sneakers, Nike's, <laughs> Nike sneakers, iconic. Um, she is <laughs> literally the greatest of all time when it comes to tennis. I wholeheartedly, like, believe and will stand behind that statement no undoubtedly like she's one of the greatest like athletes of all time like you know period yeah it's so cool okay so thank you for sharing that news because i will definitely be watching where can i watch this by the way it's on espn okay (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) back to what the actual topic of today is which is the 2022 belgian gp um, I guess we should uh, introduce the podcast. Uh, this is Race Week Recap, um, a Formula One podcast. So, Greta, what did you think of the race? All right. So, like I told Michelle before we recorded, for some reason, okay, it's probably because my life is an absolute shambles right now. Um, apologies for the late episode six. That was all my bad. Um, but getting into this race took me a minute. First of all, I actually watched the practice. <laughs> I watched practice one and practice two live, which is like wild for me to do because those were super early. You watched Free Practice 1 live? Yeah. I don't know how I was, like, I awoke and I was like, <gasps> Formula 1. <laughs> like, 
is literally insane. Um, I watched those. And then um, I also watched, like, the interviews in the first and second interview. I haven't watched the other ones yet. Um, and then when it came to Quali, I watched Quali. And it was so absolutely confusing as to, like, who was going to end up where that I just kind of, like, I just took it. Like, I just let those results, like, wash over me. And then actual race day, I don't wake up until, like, 8, 9 a.m. And yeah, if you don't I think know, we actually woke up around the same time. Yeah, if you don't know, we are in California. So <laughs> we are a few, that's a few hours behind the time that the race was supposed to start for us. It was supposed to start off at like 6 a.m., which is typically when races start. So I just, I caught like the end of the race. So I must have been like around like 8-ish. I caught like the end of the race and I knew the standings. And then I, then, then, um, today and yesterday, I went back and watched, um, the beginning. <laughs> Just the beginning. So yeah. You know, like the end, and then you know, like what happens at the beginning. Yeah. Like the beginning up until like a after a couple laps in. And then I was just like in and out of the race. Like I, like I know for a fact it was a really, really, really good race, but, um, I just, I was so in and out of it. Again, I think it's because, I'm just, like, I'm so disorganized right now. That might be affecting it. See, though, I feel like if you watch the beginning and you watch the end, then, like, you saw everything that you needed to know. I feel like the middle was, like, pretty boring. Um, I was also, like, half falling asleep, like, while I was watching it. Based on the starting positions um, to, like, the final, like, the outcome, (laughs) a lot happened. It's very clear that a lot happened, so let's get into it. I guess one thing, um, following up on one of the previous topics from last week, was I feel like a lot of chat around Daniel Ricardo. Um, yes. I feel like a lot of people were like, ooh, is there going to be tension in the garage? Um, did you feel that? Because you said you like watched the interviews and stuff. So, um, I watched the interviews where, um, I think it was Crofty asks him about, like, what happened with McLaren, and he made it seem like it was a very amicable split. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if I'm just, like, reading too much into it, but he did look a little bit more, like, down than usual. You can tell. Down in the dumps. Yeah, and I believe he has mentioned that, like, this entire thing has, like, been messing with his, like, mental health. And, like, I imagine, you know, it's it, – it, it being, like, an athlete, it's a little bit of, like, an intersection between your hobby and also, like, a passion and something you've been doing for your entire life. So if there's, like, issue or conflict there, I'm 100% sure you would be, like, a little bit uncomfortable, you know? So he did look a little bit upset, um, but then – uh, it, it kind of, we kind of saw like a rainbow peek out behind the clouds when we got those lovely comments by Sebastian, um, kind of standing up for Danny and just kind of being on the driver's side by saying, oh, you know, McLaren, um, didn't, isn't providing, like, didn't provide a car that could really extract the most, like, 
get like allow Danny to extract the most out of his potential, which is really nice. It, I think it's really sweet when um, the drivers stand behind other drivers and support them because at the end of the day, like yes, you're on different teams, but there's only twenty of you, you know. Yeah, so true. So, so it was it was really sweet, and then some people were saying, "Oh, he was just saying that because Danny was right next to him." Sebastian literally doubled down and then in another interview, maybe you think it was with Sky, um, Sky News, he like doubled down and like repeated his words pretty much. Yeah. That totally doesn't surprise me though, because we know like Seb has, you know, basically been through the same thing with Ferrari. Definitely. And like I feel like a lot of other drivers also can like sympathize. Keyword is a lot, not everyone. Yeah, not everyone, but, like, a lot can sympathize with what's going on with Danny. Um, oh, like, Checo, Checo mentioned it. He was like, yeah, you know, like, I see myself in that situation a lot. So, like, I was like, that's very nice. It was very nice that, like, a lot of the drivers were standing, um, standing, like, beside him as another fellow driver, you know? It's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but like you mentioned, a lot, but not one who made it very, very clear he does not sympathize with Danny Ricardo. Yeah. Are we talking about that? I think we are going to talk about this because I feel like it needs to be addressed. No. So I feel like Lando has been pretty outspoken um, this year mm-hmm. about um, when he's been asked, like, do you sympathize with Danny, you know, not being able to get the results out of the car this year? And he's been like, very firmly adamantly no yeah how do you feel about that um like i get it they're teammates but they're also like competitors it's a little bit of a tough situation being in the same team as someone who you're like literally compared against and are actively trying to like one up constantly um but i'm honestly not a good person to ask this because i have very I don't want to say, like, I'm trying to decide whether to say strong feelings or mixed feelings about Lando, um, but... <laughs> you're you're anti-Lando biased. I'm not anti-Lando. I just genuinely think that he is still very, very young and very immature and does not know how to um, choose his words properly. Um, and, I mean, I, yeah, that's pretty much it um there's like that podcast that came out where he was like oh um people get canceled and are offended by absolutely everything it's like no people get offended by offensive things yeah and if you don't find something offensive you should check yourself before saying what you're gonna say a hundred percent i think the phrase he used was like people are getting offended by every word in the dictionary yeah that's Hmm. What That's, words are you talking about? <laughs> ex- literally, what words anyway. are you talking about? Like, what words anyway. are you talking about that are you deem to be something that is not offensive? You know, but like at the same time, if you're not offended by some by something and another group is, try to like understand what makes you different from that group and maybe like I don't know, check yourself as a very privileged white male. Okay, let's talk about the race. Yes, um, please. Was there anything you wanted to talk about from free practice? I actually watched free practice too for I think probably one of the first times this weekend. I think I just woke up on Friday and I was like, you know what? I have nothing to do. <laughs> so what I do, I watch free practice. 
So for some reason, um, every single race weekend, I always end up watching free practice too. If I watch any free practices, um, I don't know why, but, uh, so the biggest standout to me in free practice, and I think you mentioned this last podcast episode was that everybody was speculating rain and talking about rain and everybody was expecting rain and everybody was out on like, like not wet tires. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally so, so goofy. I yeah. don't get it. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was funny. It didn't fucking rain, okay? Yeah. Um, and then I mean, we kind of this isn't like anything out of the ordinary, but um, Red Bull was looking racy, but just the amount of penalties that we saw in qualifying that kind of that kind of set us up for like a good a good race to come. Let's switch over to qualifying. So, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the penalties first, because I feel like that completely changes how you, like, you look at qualifying. Absolutely. Uh, So, Valtteri Bottas took a 20-place grid penalty, which would make you make, which, oh my god. (laughs) Okay, let me fix that. So, I feel like if we're talking about qualifying we have to look at the grid penalties first because i feel like that basically puts it into a whole new view so valtteri voltas took a 20th place grid penalty Mm -hmm. which would basically put him at the back of the grid right except Mm -hmm. there was like six other drivers who also who actually got back of the grid penalties so that was max Verstappen, it was charles leclerc uh espan okan lena norris um Jogan Yu and Mick Schumacher. They all had back of the grid penalties. And then uh, wherever they, I guess, relatively placed in qualifying was like the order that they would be starting in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen was literally on another planet like this entire weekend. It was absolutely insane. By the way, I just want to say that I truly think that this racetrack, Spa, is my favorite. Really? Yes. I definitely think it's my favorite. Like, watching them... Okay, just in general, it felt like all the cars were faster. Was it just... Is that just me? I don't know. <laughs> watching them, like, r- like drive around this track, I was like, oh, this is, like really 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 cool typically i'm like a fan of um street races and i'm a fan of night races but um for some reason this one just like really did it for me i think i'm a spa believer now okay good it was that elevation calendar next season yeah it was i think it was that elevation change that was like elevation changes were really nice and it it was was like in the forest i was like this is kind of scenic it was so cool watching them um okay we, I'll get back to this. I'll, we can talk about this in the race. But, um, yeah, all the, I mean, all of the penalties kind of set it up for, like, a very, very interesting race. Like I mentioned at the top, um, qualifying was an absolute clusterfuck for me because I could not keep track of everything. But, like you touched on, going into qualifying with grid penalties really sets you up for, um, you kind of sack the like oh i'm gonna do the best possible and the teams very much pivot into like a team strategy team dynamic which i think is like the coolest thing Uh, it is the coolest thing if you know how to do it correctly 
which Ferrari has shown that, you know, they were able to do it correctly before um, with one of the previous races last season. They were able to get Carlos pole. Um, and Carlos did get pole again um, this weekend, but I feel like the actual like team strategy was not as well executed as it was last time. Um, I feel like probably the most iconic radio from qualifying was like, wait, what are these tires? From Charles Leclerc. He got put on a brand new set of tires um, when all he was trying to do was uh, help give Carlos a slipstream. Yep. And he was basically asking the Ferrari wall, like, why did we put on new tires? And then they were like, oopsie. And then he was back in the pit and the session was about to end and he didn't give Carlos a toe until like the very last minute. Yeah, it was just so messy. That that to me kind of felt like a decision that Leclerc made on his own. Really? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was him just being like, you know, I'm just going to do this. Because why did they bring him back to the pit? And why did he not come out, like, straight after, like, a normal pit stop? I mean, I'm no strategist. You know what? And it just didn't work. Because that final lap, like, was not even the qualifying time. But Carlos did manage to still get pole. Um, after all, like, the grid penalties were applied because Max actually qualified, like, a whole second ahead. I think he, like, ran in Q3. Um, I I feel like he did, like, one lap. Yeah. So it was, like, so incredibly quick. I think it was, like, 143 or something crazy like that. Um, and he was like, okay. And just went back into the garage. He was like, okay, like, you know, that's it. (laughs) Show's over. Yeah, he was running, like, he was running purple every single sector or like three out of X number of sectors. Like it was pretty much looking to be like, okay, you know, if anybody can start from the back and make their way up, it's going to be max. You saying that he was fastest in every sector does make me chuckle a little bit because we have this extremely straight line optimized Williams and Alex Albon actually got like purple in sector one randomly. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. If anybody knows how to go in a straight line, it's going to be Williams (laughs) and it's going to be Albon. Facts. I honestly was living for it. Everybody was like, what's, you know, what's this, uh, what's this Williams going to do in this, in this race? And it was just, I mean, again, we see it later in um, the actual race. It it foreshadowed very nicely. I would say something that was also kind of, um, I guess, disappointing this weekend, or at least in qualifying, was Mercedes just being like so off the pace again, like... They were just, you know, not at that level. But I feel like, you know, the Mercedes, like, this year does kind of tend to bring it, like, on race day, which sort of makes up for it, but, like, not completely. During the interviews, um, Lewis was kind of like, oh, we have, like, (laughs) we have some, like, good stuff coming. And they just sure disappointed. Yeah. I mean... George did great-ish. He, I think, deserves, like, the actual, like, Mr. Consistency title now. Oh, 100%. I'm willing to, like, accept that that is the case from this point moving forward. I hope I don't jinx him. This man stays cruising in, like, P2 
P3, P4, P5 every single race. Good for him. Honestly, yeah, good for him. But now just Mercedes, give him a better car and let's see if he can do that higher up. All right. I guess it is time for us to start talking about the actual race. Um, If you thought like there weren't enough like back of the grid penalties, it was like, but wait, there's more. So I like turned on the race um, Sunday and then I saw that like both of the AlphaTauris were starting from the pit lane. I have no comments in regards to both AlphaTauris. I mean, right now, Twitter's going absolutely insane talking about Pierre going to Alpine and Yuki still not being announced. I please just continue with this because I know for their comments. Okay, I'm just going to speed through. So basically the rundown, I think, was that Gasly had some kind of technical issues, so he had to start from the pit. And then Yuki had a back of the grid penalty because they changed the power unit, but they changed the power unit after Park Fermi, so he also had to start from the fit. Um, yeah. But beyond that, the first lap, it was absolute carnage. I feel like the first lap was just like the highlight of the race, to be honest. It was really good. It was a quality first lap. I feel like this is like top two first laps that we've had this year. Oh, absolutely. So basically, the starting like three was Carlos Sainz, um, Checo Perez, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Alonso. And then right at the start, uh, Perez got overtaken by Alonso and uh, both George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. I don't even know how that happened. It was such know. a mess. Checo was asleep. Checo fell asleep at the wheel again. I don't know what happened, but um, the start of the season, this man was on fire. We thought he was going to be a competitor. Like I genuinely thought he was going to be like fighting against um max for this title like up there but as the season goes by i don't know if they're making changes to the car that just are not gelling with him or what's going on but he's just literally sleeping at the wheel it's so sad and i'm just like what's going on like i won't say he's in his flop era but he's in his like mid era like he's just driving mid but we have to talk about the absolute uh chef's kiss Polaroid moment from this race, which was Lewis Hamilton uh, crashing into Fernando Alonso. I don't want to say like I thought it was funny, but like I did think it was pretty funny. It just came out of nowhere. Like I did not, first of all, I did not expect to see Hamilton in any like major crashes, but the car like, like it hopped off. Yeah. No, so basically Lewis like turned in on Alonso mm-hmm. and then. Um, he like went flying in the air a little bit, <laughs> and yeah. then he like went he, he like flew a little bit like into the air, and then like he came back down and he was in like you know like the runoff area, and then he like continued driving, but then like obviously the back of his car was like super damaged after that, and then and then he ended up having to retire. Um, which isn't super funny because I would have loved to see like what he could have done um, from such a high position on the grid but um, you know what I I just I see the silver lining of what happened which was like the absolutely amazing radio that we got from Alonso after did you see that on our notes we have radio of the day and your comment is we all know and boy do we know um okay quote what an idiot closing the door from the outside i mean we had a mega start but this guy only knows how to drive and start in first end quote fernando alonso 
at Lewis Hamilton, Belgium 2022. Those are fighting words. Literal attack. They got beef. They got history. I just thought it was so funny. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, like, you know, he's like bitter or whatever. Like, that's a joke. Um, Because obviously, like, Lewis did just like crash into him um going like 150 to 200 miles per hour like i'm very happy lewis was on hurt he had to um fire extinguish his car for a little bit yeah. right there oh and then we saw him do the walk of shame back so sad apparently he got like fined or i don't know he got like a slap on the wrist for not going to the medical center after his crash yes but i'm like dude you, you couldn't give him like a ride back to like the paddock like that's a joke yeah, um, the FIA literally is finding what I think is, like, the craziest reasons. It's so goofy. Like, they just wake up every day and choose violence. Low-key feels like um, American universities, well, they'll literally find you for, like, like, once in college, I was fined a student success fee. Lord knows what the hell that means, but I had to pay, like, $200 for it, and I was really upset. Yeah, like, the random-ass charges that come up on your statement and you're like, I don't even know what this is. Don't even use it. But I have to pay it. But with Formula One, we're talking like thousands of millions of dollars. Hundreds of, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, it's a little bit different than my $200 student success fee. But, you know. <laughs> All right. What else from this lab? Oh, we had Latifi Latifiing. Yes. Nicholas Latifi um, playing bowling with Valtteri Bottas' car. Which was, it was an absolute violation on his birthday. It was so cruel. Um, and then, okay, I don't remember. Did Botas, like, um, did he stop right away? Or he kept on going for a little bit, no? No. So, Latifi basically was, just gave, like, Botas, like, a little tap on the rear. And that just, like, fucked him up. Like, he got beached onto, like, the gravel and he couldn't get out. And it was just so sad. That gravel was brutal. I mean, they made a couple changes to um, the spa circuit. And adding that those gravel pits was one of them. Um, and that was the end of his race. Both um, 2021 Mercedes drivers out on the first lap. Um, hashtag besties. Uh, I had to save the best for last. Um, this damn ass tear off. So I don't know what like the target audience is. But there is this absolute, like, goldmine of, like, a meme video. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's, like, seen it before. Greta, I was, like, showing you beforehand. Yes. Have, have you seen this meme video? This kid trips, and then his friend starts, like, laughing at him. Um, talking about, like, this damn-ass rock. Like, <laughs> you see what happened to you? It was this damn-ass rock. And it... Got you all sorts of fucked up. I had not seen that video prior to you showing it to me, but I, I immediately knew what you were gonna say. Oh my god, it is literally so iconic. So, um, basically, watching the race, it's like lap four or something. You know, Charles is like doing pretty good. You know, he's like P nine, I think, for Sapin is P eight. You know, and then it's like, hmm, my right front tire is like smoking. I think there's something stuck in it. And so he has to go into the pit and then he has to basically switch out his tires and that completely drops him like way back in the grid. And then it's like, oh, so unlucky. Like, um, you know, and that basically like just threw off his whole race and he had to basically like climb back up uh, and lose like a bunch of time um, 
trying to make his way up uh, back in the grid. But then, you know, post race, we see we see like the the untold story of what happened. <laughs> so basically, Greta, do you know what a tear off is? So I had to like look this up, and to my understanding, a tear off is it like it's it's like a sticker that goes on your visor that you take off. Yeah. So I actually had no idea what a tear off is was like before this day i feel like i kind of heard like the term before but i just like never understood like what context it was being used and like i never bothered to look it up i didn't actually look it up though like i just saw like a random reply to a tweet um that was basically exposing like what happened so like, the tear off is basically like this little plastic film that goes on the driver visor and then they make it really easy to tear off and like in the middle of the race if like a bunch of like shit gets on it so basically Max has like front row seats to the Hamilton and Alonzo crash. I think, um, I don't know, the aftermath of the crash like got on his like tear off, maybe like oil from like Lewis's car. And so he like tore it off. And then this is just like the Mario Kartification of Formula One. The, he basically plays like a banana peel on Charles Leclerc. <laughs> and then you see like the fucking banana peel tear off like in the road, like from Charles' like driver's cam. And then he drives over it. And then his race is fucked. That is literally like, is that making it onto Drive to Survive? Absolutely. It absolutely is making it on Drive to Survive. And there's a video, I think I retweeted it, where they literally like, they like they overlay like Mario Kart on it. <laughs> and they make the tear off like a red shell. And I think it's just absolutely perfect. Like it's literal perfection. It is so goofy. Do you think they're doing like an interview with both Charles and Max about the tarot. An investigation. Absolutely. It's it's like a little moment like this that like just make this sport so enjoyable. And like the fact that people went back and looked at the video and looked for that tiny little like piece of paper, like piece of film on the track is hilarious to me. No, it absolutely is. These are the moments that make you really realize that Charles Leclerc is literally like the most unlucky person on the planet. Charles is absolutely, like, cursed. Um, someone needs to rub an egg on him and get rid of this, like, bad energy that's surrounding him. Bad, bad vibe. Yeah, we need to cleanse this boy. Somebody get the palo santo, get the sage. Like, let's do this. Um, because it's, like, really bad. <laughs> I mean, clearly, the universe was, like, you thought this was going to be your year, but it's really not. And we're not even done. I know. But let's continue with the race. So I feel like everyone in the world who is not a Max Verstappen fan was super excited about this grid because we have Max Verstappen in 14th. And you know what? Did he just win a race from 10th? Yes. But was it still going to be pretty exciting to see, you know, what what the grid was going to look like until, you know, he basically made his way up to the top? Yes, a bit. But then he was leading the race by like lap 12 out of 44. I was like, okay, okay. It's disgusting how good Max is. And I like, you know how people are always saying, oh, you know, put all the drivers in the same car, blah, blah, blah. I still feel like Max would come out on top because 
I don't know if it, if I, I don't know if this has to do with like his win last year and like him being champion, whatever, but it feels like Max has something to prove this season. And like, it's just victory laps at this point, babes. Like, he's just doing it. He's really just doing it for himself and for his fans. And like, that's it. It's absolutely incredible. This man is like literally a machine. And I think I'm a Max Verstappen believer now. <laughs> you see the light. See, but I think it's really interesting, though, that you say that like, oh, he has something to prove like this season. I actually feel like he has like nothing to prove this season. And that's part of like why he has been driving so clean, oh. um, you know, compared to like last season. <laughs> interesting okay but at the same time i feel like he doesn't have a competitor this season like i really think i don't think that leclerc is that much of competition to him the same way that um hamilton was last season so we're not seeing him like get his elbows out yeah i mean that's a good point i think the battle between him and lewis was just so intense last year but i think Also, in general, like, Max is known for, like, having, like, a really aggressive driving style. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe because he's always, like, fucking in front this season that we're not seeing as much as that anymore. But he did have to, like, make his way um, up from 14th. And I don't know. I just feel like there was, like, zero doubt in anyone's mind that he was going to do that. It was really just a matter of when. And I think, like, the the bookies had him like winning the race as well so yeah seeing max come up was like like you mentioned by like the eighth lap it was a little bit decided that max was like going to win and it was just going to be that was just how what was going to happen but um hearing the commentary um and just kind of seeing how the other drivers and the other i mean the other like cars drivers whatever on the track were treating max as he was climbing up um i don't remember what commentator said it but they were pretty much like all the other drivers like they don't even want to lose a second fighting against max because they know that if they fight against him and that red bull they're going to lose so you might as well just like scoot it over and just like focus on your own race and focus on your actual competition which are the people like behind you that have like like the midfield battle you know yeah like Let's keep it pushing. But seriously, like, this this is like the Thanosification of Max Verstappen. Oh my god, yeah. He is ine- inevitable. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was pretty, like, for all the drivers, it was like, keep your head down, focus on your race, and let Max, like, do what Max is going to do. Let Leclerc, let Sainz, let um, Checo, um maybe a mercedes worry about him but we're gonna focus on our shit you know like i do have to address how did checo start 13 places ahead of his teammate and still lose to him by like 11 seconds um because max's car is a literal rocket ship that's just it there was that little um i don't know if you caught it on the radio but this was still when max was tailing checo and checo was in first and there was like a moment where um everybody was like oh team orders here come team orders like you know here it comes here it comes because i mean 
when you ever, whenever like you have two drivers of the same team fighting for a position, um, that like slows down. It slows it slows them down, and that gives um another team the opportunity to like sneak in. So um, it was like, oh, you know, here comes the radio, Max talking about like, oh, team orders. And then it happened, <laughs> and like Checo was just like, okay, kind of like hands up, all like, all like, he wasn't fighting it this time. Yeah, I feel like maybe in like previous races this season there was a little bit more of like, a, oh, like you know, I have the pace, but yeah, he did not. So I don't know what happened. Like I, I'm s- trying to like understand what's going on with Checo because towards like I said towards the beginning of the season this man looked like he was fighting for that title championship and like it looked like it was going to happen but as the season has progressed I don't know if Red Bull has like given him a giant bag of cash and has been just like you know let Max like we're winning with Max let Max win just um you know we're gonna go for um the constructors thank you for the constructors cup um we'll just keep it there uh, like i don't know if they're giving him like hush money or what's been going on but after monaco everything went down for pettis <laughs> yeah and, you know <laughs> but i mean on this racetrack like again like max is just on a different planet um so i feel like the situation was either a they're going to fight and then you know max is going to take like however long to um basically like get in first and keep it that way mm-hmm. or b they're gonna do team orders and then they're gonna have like one two which is what they did um you know it's the same exact result you're just making it easier for yourself to be honest yeah definitely all right um enough of this uh first five runners <laughs> chat what do we what do we have to say about the midfield battles? The midfield I think is like the most interesting part of like all any of the races. Um just because I mean honestly by like the fourth race um you're kind of like you know how the cars are performing and unless some a team brings like an insane amount of updates um you, it's not really going to change. So the midfield, I feel, is where the party is at. And I kind of, like, pointed towards this at the beginning. Um, but that, when, did you catch that moment when they were going downhill? So they were dropping in elevation and there was a DRS train? Yes-ish. It was so cool, Michelle. <laughs> I was like... Just like the visual? Yeah. I mean, the visual and also just how fast they were going i mean you're already working with gravity and then you have your like and then you have the car's butthole open just full air flowing through it was just so cool it was so much fun to watch just like all those drivers just competing the overhead aerial shots for spa were so good because of like the elevation changes and like they were like in the forest it was like picturesque i loved it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in your notes, you have... Okay, so I did I did not see this, but in your notes, you have Vettel and Stroll tussling. Please, please, please tell me about this. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Sebastian Vettel just has, like, zero fucks. Um, he does not give a shit about, like, pleasing the team or whatever. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna just do me. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I'm here for it. Go him. Yeah. There was like, I mean, we've kind of seen this um, 
pattern with him, like, not being afraid to, like, to go toe-to-toe with Stroll this entire season. This isn't, like, the first occurrence of it. And, like, literally just echoing what you said, 100%. He's just like, listen, I'm out. I'm gonna fight with my, like, the owner's son. No one can stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, so happy that he got points this weekend. He finished in PA. Um, Really love to see it. Yeah, I just, I really hope that Vettel, you know, for the remainder of the races he has and the remainder of the races we get to get to enjoy his presence and I just really hope he's having a good time. I also, I'm pretty sure he's like, I'm over it, you know? Yeah, he's just like, fuck it. Hopefully it's good for him. I honestly, like, I just want to talk about the mess that was Ferrari's strategy the last few laps. Yes. Actually, can we talk about Ferrari's strategy, like, throughout the race? Please. I really want to touch on this. They got, like, their new strategy is, like, not having strategy and then just asking Charles, like, what he wants to do. And I get before, you know, everyone says, like, oh, you know, like, the, you know, the teams are always, always asking the drivers, like, what they want. But when every single radio that they play is, you know, like Charles's race engineer just basically like info dumping like, oh, so, you know, you're on the medium and then, you know, we could pit now like on the hard and like end up like losing five places. But then somehow if you stay out, we think you're still going to lose five places, blah, 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 whatever. Question. Okay. Every single radio is like blah, 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 blah question blah 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 blah. question and like you're joking right it's really 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 annoying at this point every single time i hear the ferrari radio come on i just know it's about to be some bullshit um also (laughs) today i mean not today but this race was the first time i realized that other teams can hear your radio yeah (laughs) like i don't know how i didn't put two and two together but this race was the first race that i realized oh hey other teams other teams can hear this too it's not just for us um so why are we are like is ferrari trying to like play some kind of like ferrari mind game or are we seriously asking the driver who is going at insane speeds to make this decision when he can only see his own car. He doesn't, like... Right. Charles doesn't know what wheels anybody else is driving on. Charles doesn't know what, like, who pitted, who hasn't pitted. He doesn't know, like... Honestly, he might not even know, like, two cars in Who's two cars in front? Who's two cars behind? How are you having him make these decisions based off of, like, zero knowledge beyond his own? Well, he's trying to drive a car at 200 miles per hour. Riddle, riddle me that. It's like, so ridiculous. Like, there are certain things that, like, you can and should ask the driver. You should ask them, you know, like, how are the tires feeling? Like, you know, like, um, do you feel like you need to pit, like, pretty soon? But, like, to have, like, these, like, core strategy decisions be like, hey, what do you think? Question. It's just so... Hannah at Red Bull would never. I'm just saying. Hannah at Red Bull would never. Also, like, one, I mean, we've got, we've heard, heard from other drivers that, like, we don't, they don't like to talk. We, I say, it like, I'm a driver. They don't like to talk much when they're racing. Like, for example, Stroll, 
stop talking to him when he's racing, you know? Um, so, like, yeah. one, you're distracting. Brad, shut up. Literally. Uh, one, you're distracting Charles, all right? Can can this boy really do two things at once like this? And, like, also, you are just spilling your entire potential strategy on the radio that everybody else can hear. It's so goofy. Like, what's the point of having fucking Plan D if you're just gonna discuss it on the radio? Come on. Let's let's say that Ferrari is just doing this to like psych out the competition. All right, you're still bugging Leclerc, who has literally asked for the team for the engineers to turn off up the sound. A like button makes on his um on his wheel because it makes him think that the something's wrong with the engine yeah this boy is traumatized he's literally got like <laughs> so much workplace stress at the moment it's so bad like this boy's traumatized and you're literally having him like 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 do your job he's doing the job of two people it's too much okay but let's talk about the actual strategy decision so Charles Leclerc, he's running P5 um, in this race, which honestly isn't that bad. It's not bad. Because who does he have in front of him? He has two Red Bulls. He has his teammate who started at pole. And then he has George Russell. (laughs) Um, Maybe he should be in front of George Russell. But you know what? That's another story. Because George Russell was actually like really quick this weekend. I forgot to mention. He like kept creeping up on carlos uh he didn't actually make it happen but like he stayed like putting the pressure on him so that was cool george is Um, driving like the hell out of this mercedes it's really really impressive no he's like extracting like the absolute max out of that car day in day out it's really really cool i mean uh, okay benefit of the doubt he might be used to driving a shit box um and hamilton maybe is not used to driving a show box therefore he's doing better who knows but i digress please continue honestly good theory but yeah so charles was running in p5 um and it was basically like right before the last lap of the race it was like the last two laps um lap 42 out of 44 ferrari decides hey you know what would be a great idea instead of 10 points we can get 11 points um if you put now for softs and then uh try to go for fastest lap so it's like mm, okay okay yeah yeah you're like a you're pretty in front of fernando alonso but then guess what you're not you're actually not that much in front of him so you lose your place and then you have to spend the next two laps like trying to get back the place and then you don't have fastest lap it's like that was kind of stupid it's like uh like you know play stupid games, play, win stupid prizes. Mm. Anyway, he ended up in P5, no fastest lap, so he went from 10 points to 10 points. All right, you know, no harm done, except, except his shit was overheating, and then because of that, the sensor for, like, I guess his speedometer wasn't working, and then he got a five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. So he got P6. And they end up getting eight points instead of ten. And it's just so, so sad. I have zero faith that Ferrari can make this, like, win back. Like, make, like, come back this season. Um, 
<laughs> when, when we came back from break, um, Charles was like being interviewed and he was like, yeah, you know, it's still like the championship is still in my like sightline. Like I can, we can, yeah. we, we still like at Ferrari, we still, we can still taste this, that. No. And then them putting like Ferrari posting that photo on Twitter or Instagram, whatever of Charles. And like, it was Charles Bonotto and um, signs. And they were like, mm, Ferrari, we're family. Like in my head, all I was thinking is, you know, who fucks you up the most family, your biggest hater sometimes like, so true. What is going on? Like, I, I mean, there's not, like not much new I can say about a Ferrari that hasn't already been said. But like, get rid of that entire pit wall. Let's scrap all of that. And like, like, okay, granted, it might be a little bit too late in the season to do that, like to have such a drastic change. But like, get real. Like, it, it's it's not getting any better. Be it's serious. not going to get any better unless there's like drastic changes. I have zero hope in Ferrari coming back this season. And that's like, they literally handed for the Ferrari literally handed um, Red Bull this championship on a silver platter. Yeah. It's just so sad. Like Ferrari needs to get serious. Like be real because this be is real. not working. Um, but honestly, like I'm actually totally over the whole like, oh, like, you know ferrari's championship is over like i have been over that for like the past like at least like one month probably like one and a half months like i feel like that conversation is like done and dusted like we don't even have to like mention it anymore so now it's just what hoping that ferrari will no longer um like self-sabotage and further traumatize charles yeah they just need to get like they just need to do better you know um because honestly they're they're really solidly second in the constructors championship um and you know i guess it is one of those things like where you do want your drivers to finish as far um ahead in the championship as they can um neither of them are going to win we know that but you know at least second would be good you know and they just have to like not bottle that to be honest at, at this point it's damage control I don't know. And then I really don't have much to say about signs either. Mm. Um, he started pole. He was like a de facto pole, which is like kind of depressing, to be honest. <laughs> he didn't get pulled by like his own merit. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. Second. Like, yeah. Okay. So like after quality, when like they're handing out like the wheel and like signing it, like really it was like Max got treated like he got pulled. You know, he, like, sent the little wheel, did the whole little thing, whatever. Um, but then, like, um, Carlos was starting. So it was, like, very, it was a very sad week for the Ferrari boys. Truly. Okay, I actually just looked up the driver standings, which I feel like I have not done that in a while. Um, do you want to play a little game? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so Max Verstappen is obviously first in the driver standings. He has 284 points. Who's next? Okay, my instinct says Charles. You're wrong. So Checo is next. Checo has 191 points. <laughs> Who do you think is in third? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish you were correct, but unfortunately, you are not. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, this is fun. All right, so we have Max and Checo. Yeah. All right, 
And then third. Who's third? Is that Leclerc? Yes. Okay. Um, again, Checo has 191 points. How many points does Charles have? I don't know. 89? Um, not bad, guys. He has 186. Oh, God. I was off so by 100. Ha- <laughs> oh, I just assumed you meant 189. Oh, no. Sorry. I was off by 100. <laughs> okay. So um, Charles has exactly five points less than Checo. Okay. Um, who's fourth in the championship? Okay, this is where it starts to get good. I want to say Hamilton. No. Uh, <gasps> so Carlos is fourth in the championship. So Seriously? Um, yeah. So. Wow. Again, Charles has 186 points. How many f- points do you think Carlos has? 98. <laughs> You're making really big jumps. Am I? How far behind do you think he is? He has 171 points. That would be a whole lot of races. Um... <laughs> That's like him not finishing half of the races. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I guess I just like don't realistically know what these point like numbers look like. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard game. But here, here's the kicker. Here's the reason that I wanted to play this game. So who do you think is in fifth? <laughs> is it going to be George? It is. It is George Russell. And how many points do you think George Russell has? Again, Carlos has 171 points. I don't know. What? 160 something? George Russell has 170 points. Stop it. There is one point separating Carlos and George. This is a joke. Like, that's a joke. I literally just got chills. <laughs> I have chills. I have <gasps> The gas I let out when I saw these driver standings. Like, they gotta get those numbers up. That's all I'm saying. George? That's, boy. A- that's embarrassing. Who's after George? Is it that Hamilton? <laughs> Yeah. And Please. Oh, God. Lewis okay. Has, <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay. 146. Oh and then my. there's like a huge drop off after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was but, terrifying. Yeah. It's wow. not looking great. <laughs> it's not looking great for Ferrari or for Hamilton. But you know what? We got half of the season left. Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> Anyways, I do like I just have to read out uh, Charles's tweet because yes. it is chef's kiss. Um, so sure that he like he wrote it himself and then like just clicked like send tweet. So here it goes. P9 in lap one, then tear off in the brakes that causes front right brake overheating. Have to stop to take off the tear off off the brakes. Come back to P5. Took a five second penalty for being too quick in pit lane because of burnt sensor caused by the first issue. Beautiful day. It's the most condescending tweet on the face of the earth. It's just really, it's the beautiful day. Like, that just sends it for me. Yeah. He was, he's so over it. He's literally so over the shit. It's, like, not even funny. This man's got, like, tears in his eyes talking about beautiful day. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. I feel so bad for him. Oh, All right. Okay. We're going on and on about the mess that was Ferrari this weekend. But um, some other points on our, our fave little baby drivers. Apparently, Mick was absolutely cooking in his car. Did you see the photos of him in the post-race interviews? I think I saw, like, one. This man literally looked like he was, like, steamed alive. His cheeks and, like, his face was, like, bright red. Like, if he got, like, a really bad sunburn. It was 
so sad and upsetting to see. Yeah, like what in the abysmal like working conditions is this? <laughs> we're really we're really fighting. You know, where where's George's PowerPoint? Where are the driver's rights? Where is the driver's union? George, you need to step up. Like at that point, like do something. Pull him in. Yeah, like if you're if you were having like if your car was that damaged that you were having like with like steam from the engine, like heat from the engine come up into the cockpit, like hello, stop stop get get him out of there. Stop the race. Get him out of there. Literally. And it's so sad cuz literally this man like he finished P17, like you did it for nothing, you know? Yeah, he was he was very upset after that race. On some better news, Mixer Alexander Alvon was in his Gandalf era. He was clutching onto P10. He said, you shall not pass to, like, the four drivers who were, like, clobbering after him. It was all aboard the Alexander Alvon train, and I loved every second of it. I'm so happy. Stunning. He was back in the points. Oh, my gosh. His third points finish. Yeah. Did you see his Instagram post? No, I don't think so. He, like, posted, like, oh, you know, P10. And, like, the first time I saw the photo, I was like, oh, there's, like, nothing different about it. But, like, he, like, edited the photo so that his car, like, he stretched it out so it was super wide. And, like, yes, 100%. He made that Williams 10 feet wide. Nobody was able to pass him. He defended, like... A lion. It was so good. Um, I love Alex. I think he's so funny. Like Alex. Alex is just that like low key funny friend. Like you don't think he's that funny at first, but like whenever you hang out with him, like you like can't stop laughing. I was listening to another Formula One podcast, um, to the Red Flags podcast, and they were um I don't remember who exactly they were interviewing, so apologies for my lack of like information. But they were talking about Alex and how Alex was like the most like calm and like low key driver. Um and that just like you can see that. He's really just happy to be here. He's happy to be at Williams. I feel like he truly found his family. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Did you see that he is no longer like affiliated with Red Bull? Um, I think I saw something about that. The man has broken free from the clutches that Red Bull has on him, and now he's 100% through and through Williams. King. I'm so happy for him. Like, this is a good moment for him. Love to see it. And you know who also had a great weekend? Pierre Gasly. Even though he started from the pit lane, he got his first points since Baku in June, and then it was like his second point finish since Emilia Romana back in April oh my gosh so yeah he's had a crap season but you know what he had a really good weekend and apparently it was like his 100th Grand Prix it was 100th Grand Prix I really like Gasly I really hope that we can see him flourish um so like I mentioned a little bit earlier there's talks about Gasly going to Alpine and although that would literally crush my Gasly Yuki heart like I don't know how I will be able to recover from that I really just want what's best for this French man yeah absolutely um it will be nice to see him in a car that is not an Alphatari or honestly anything Red Bull associated um literally and honestly like the alphatari has been like shit this year like 
it's like not fast it's like so unreliable so yeah just hoping it gets better for him next season ghastly in his reputation era for 2023 please i'm begging you we are begging okay is that it do we start wrapping up yeah we can start wrapping up so michelle what was your driver of the day max or sapin yeah (laughs) i mean would you disagree would you care to disagree I had two options. I was going to say either Max. And I was like, if Michelle says Max, I feel like I need to bring something else to the table. So I am going to say Alex. Okay. He held down that fort. He really did it. Agreed. Okay. Um, Overtake of the day. Greta, who was your overtake of the day? My overtake of the day... I'm going to go actually with Max and just, yeah, just, well, one, he started from the back, came all the way up. And like I mentioned earlier, I thought it was hilarious that like even the commentators were like, the rest of the grid, not going to bother fighting Max. We're just, they're just going to keep like stay in their own race and just let Max handle his shit. Um, It reminded me of when Mick was trying to fight Max yeah. And how everybody was like, Mick, you have to give it up. Max would rather put a car on top of you than lose this, like, the spot. So that was overtake of the day. Max coming from the back of the grid to the front. Overtake of the day was like all 14 of his overtakes or 15 or 16, however many he made. Literally amazing. <laughs> I think for me, overtake of the day was Aswan Okan on Fettel and Gasly. He did a little. A sexy little double overtake. Oof. I thought that was really cool. Oof. I was like, oh my god, that was so good. Esteban is really growing on me. We're becoming Esty besties. Like, he's a very low-key driver. The more I see Esteban and Mick hanging out, like, Esteban and Mick are, like, apparently very good friends. Like, Mick invited him to, like, the Schumacher farm or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like a friend of Mick, Mick's, is, like, a good friend, I guess, by proximity reasons esteban is like hmm, okay i see you michelle radio of the day <laughs> i mean we all know yeah. this guy he only knows how to drive and start in first yeah that was real shady <laughs> iconic i mean and then um i guess besides for that the other radio of the day which you also mentioned earlier was the ferrari pip wall asking just question question <laughs> over and over again that was absolutely ridiculous. Like, it was it was really embarrassing. Are they not embarrassed? You have strategists like Hannah and Red Bull just freaking dominating. You just look sloppy. It is. It truly is. Anyway, on that note, Greta, where can people find us? People can find us on Twitter, which is our favorite platform, on Instagram, and on TikTok at Race Week Recap. Okay. And then next week, we also have a race. Correct. Yes, we have three races back to back. It is we have we had Belgium, Dutch, and then the Italian GP. So back to back to back. Love, very excited. This week's race technically should be really good. It's the Dutch GP, so we know Max is about to show up and show out. A hundred percent, a thousand percent, as he has and like will do for like all three of like his home GPs including like austria including like belgium including the dutch gp i just think that's really funny i actually max is actually my um my wallpaper screensaver right now well not him but like his car i saw that (laughs) i was like oh my god is this greta's like red bull era Um, am i in my 
in my red bull era so i saw somebody on tiktok posted i'm not sorry not TikTok. somebody on uh twitter posted um a photo of them wearing like the red bull jacket and i was like oh do i cough looks kind of cool i don't know we'll see stay tuned all right i think that's it for this episode bye everyone bye everyone